All right, man. So how are you doing? How does it feel to be a UFC fighter? It feels good, man. It feels good. Um, honestly, uh, I was just talking to a teammate about this the other day, but it doesn't feel like uh, anything different. Like it feels just like another win on the regional scene. I don't know. It's weird. And I'm happy to be here. Don't get me wrong. This is like where I dreamt of being, but it just feels like another fight. Um, but I'm glad to be here. Uh, you know, going to be able to fight the best people in the world. And I think I belong here. Did it take a little while for it to sink in? Like, did you like go back and, and start drinking with your, <laughs> with your teammate? Or was it just like, I'm going to go back to the hotel, get, let this sink in. Well, what was sort of, uh, what'd you do after the fight? Yeah. I, I just kind of hung out with some friends and family and we went out to eat and, uh, yeah, I think it sunk in, man. I'm not really sure, dude. Like, uh, like I don't know. Maybe because I pictured myself being here so many times, it, it just kind of feels like normal. I don't know. And then, so like with my teammates, uh, I was talking to Grant Dawson. He's in the UFC, and he kind of had a similar path to, to getting there as far as like going through contender series. So I was like, maybe uh, maybe it feels this way because of the way I earned the contract, right? Kind of with the, the interview in front of Dana White through the contender series path. And uh so I asked him, I'm like, did you kind of feel like the same way? He's like, dude, absolutely. Like, I felt the same way. And he's like, I thought after my first UFC fight, like, as I was walking out, I could feel like, okay, I'm in the UFC. And he's like, didn't manage to like another fight. So uh, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just never going to be happy. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But uh, yeah, I guess that's a, a kind of the mindset you have to have, I guess. Uh, but I don't know. It feels great being here, man. And it, it has a nice ring to it saying I'm in the UFC. So uh, I'll take it. So I want to talk a little bit about the Contender Series. How did you get the the, uh, the news that you were going to compete on it? Obviously, there's like a pandemic going on. Everything's kind of going nuts. What was your reaction to getting it, and how did you get the uh, how did you get the news? Yeah, so it was just a, a couple of days after uh, my fight in February. I fought a, a tough uh, vet. You know, he's kind of fought the who's who, especially around the Midwest. Uh, he's fought UFC vets. Um, so I, I fought. I, I beat him in the second round with an arm triangle. And then a couple of days later, uh, I get the, the FaceTime call from my manager and coach. They're like, hey, man, uh, Contender Series, uh, let's do it. And I was just stoked. You know, I was on cloud nine. You know, it's the opportunity I've been working for for a pretty long time. So when I got the news, it was it was just get, get to work. It was uh, at the end of February when I got the news. Um, the fight was supposed to be in July because the fight island it got pushed back to, to August. With uh, with everything that was going on, the pandemic, you know, the inability to train in it and all that stuff, was there any hesitation? Like, you know, I'm not getting the proper training or I'm not, I can't get the proper camp. I can't get in the right mindset. Was there any hesitation to take it or was it just this opportunity comes around once in a lifetime? I'm, I'm grabbing it no matter what. Yeah, uh, both. It was, uh, it was actually pre-COVID that I got the news. <laughs> so uh, it was at the end of February and then everything went to shit. But uh yeah, there was never a question of, like, whether to take it or not. Uh, I got a little longer camp. I think in total it was, like, 14 weeks because the the fight got pushed back. Um, and and then training with COVID, it was just like, man, you're going to find a way to make it happen. There's no excuses. Like, uh, when you want something that bad, you're going to find a way to train. So for everybody making excuses with COVID, you can find a way to train. I was uh, I was talking to Greg Hopkins, who fights on uh, Valor uh, a couple weeks now, actually. And uh, he was saying, he's like, I blew up, man. I put on so much weight. He's like, I don't know how I'm going to get back down. Did you have any issues with your weight cut, or did you manage to kind of keep it uh, relatively well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I did get pretty heavy, man. I got, like, uh, in the high 50s um, while getting ready for the fight. 
it was just I was dealing with an injury, um, so I got pretty heavy. But man, again, you find a way to make it happen. Uh, you find a way to to make sure you're getting the training you need. Um, you know, especially with an opportunity like that. I want to talk a little bit about the fight now. Um, how did I mean? He looked unbelievable, Jacob Silva. He was incredibly tough. Did anything about him surprise you? No, man. I felt like uh, we we had him down to like a T, like pretty much. That was the exact thing um, we thought he was going to do. <laughs> uh, we knew he was tough. We knew he was durable. My coach, uh, James Krause, was actually not able to be there. Uh, he tested positive for COVID. But uh, the day of the fight, he FaceTimed me just to kind of go over the game plan again uh, the morning of the fight. And uh, exactly what he said was going to happen, happened, right? We, we, uh, he told me there's going to be a point in the fight where he says, fuck it, I'm getting picked apart on the feet uh, from a distance. You know, this kid has too many weapons and he's going to bite down the mouthpiece and start fighting in blitzes, kind of just say, bite down on his mouthpiece and, and swing for the fences. And that's kind of what he did in the third round. So uh, I felt like we did a pretty good job. The game plan was to meet him bone on bone when he came in with those blitzes, meaning uh, with knees and elbows. I felt like uh, I did a pretty good job of, of doing that. So Dana and the team tend to like uh, like finishes, they like submissions and like knockouts. You've finished every opponent up until the contender series. Was there any bit of like, were you nervous at all that you know maybe the the fact that it was a decision may play play a factor into his decision, or were you confident because that fight was an absolute war too? So I mean, it was performance of the night worthy regardless. But were you nervous at all? Yeah, there was a little bit of nervousness, man. Uh, you just never know. Um, however, like when I got the fight, I was talking to my manager. This was like back at the end of February. It was like. Like, I have to get a finish right is kind of what I asked him. And he was like, dude, your, your style is, like, so entertaining that even if you go to a decision, I think uh, I think you get the contract. So that was running through my mind, like, those exact, like, that exact conversation we had after the fight. And then it was also like, well, it's a decision, you know, you never know. Um, so, yeah, I was nervous, but uh, people were, like, texting me. James was, uh, my coach was, like, texting me. He's like, man, you got standing ovation. So. It was trying to stay optimistic, but yeah, there was uh, some nerves back there. Like, shit, am I gonna get it? Am I gonna have to like try out again? Like, you know, like I don't know. Uh, I'm just glad I, I I did get the contract. The uh, I guess the good thing there too is that you are uh, in a flyweight division, which doesn't have you know 100 fighters on the roster like the welterweight or lightweight division. Um, that being said, where where does that slide you in there? I mean, there's probably what 20, 25 fighters on the on the roster there at uh, at flyweight. Is there an idea of of what you want in there, or where do you think you match up in the top fifteen? Yeah, man. Um, I said this in the post fight presser, but I want to take my time. Uh, I'm young. I turned twenty three just uh, a month or two ago, and uh, I kind of want to work my way through the ranking. So I want to start from the bottom and work my way to the top. Uh, I do think I will be the champ of the division. And as of now, I think I match up great with anybody in the top 15. Um, I can see myself uh, putting on really good performances against uh, all those guys. Um, but I'm in no hurry, man. I, I'm not putting a timetable on, on when I want to be champ. It's not like uh, I need to be the champ by the time I'm 25. There's, I, I think it's going to happen. Uh, I know it's going to happen. And I'm in no rush. I, I, I'm in the gym every day, and I get better every day. So. I'm just kind of kind of play it by ear, and uh, there's no there's no name in my mouth that I like someone I I want to fight. Um, I do have a fight lined up yeah. uh, with an opponent and a date. Um, so maybe after that, after uh, that debut, I, I might have a name in my mouth that I, or a person I want to fight. 
I want to focus on a fight that happened really early on in your career, and it's really kind of ch- shaped you as a fighter. I want to talk about your loss to Nate Smith. Um, it was a very, very close fight. What was the biggest lesson you learned from that fight that you've applied to your following fights? Yeah, with the Nate fight, um, it, it was just uh, I needed to treat the, the, the professional MMA scene like a, like, like a business. Um, I took the same mindset I had as an amateur into the professional rankings, uh, which was like, I'll fight anybody, any way, doesn't matter. And uh, that's not how it works, man. That's not how it is when you go pro. Uh, you can do that as an amateur, kind of test yourself as an AME, get that experience, fight whoever. Uh, but as a pro, you got to treat it as a business. And uh, I didn't do that. Uh, my first fight, I took it at a weight class above against a guy who's 4-0. And, uh, you know, the, the result kind of spoke for for me doing that, like, and then I, I took three pro fights in four months. I was in training camp for 10 months. And again, this is not making excuses, man. This is just, uh, you know, realizing a mistake and that I learned from and kind of being smarter with my career. Uh, that Nate fight, I did think I won that fight. It was in his hometown. It was a split decision. He won that night. Props to him. But I think overall, it wasn't even a fighting thing that I learned most from that fight. It was just uh, to to treat this like, like a business and uh, just be more professional, right? There's no reason I should be fighting three times in four months, uh, you know, and being in camp for, for pretty much the whole year. Uh, it's just hard on the body, and uh, it's something I learned from. Is it, is it a little uh, rewarding knowing that you got here and he didn't? Like, does that, does that make you make it any, sat- any more satisfying? Like, yeah, maybe I lost that night controversially, but I lost. But you know what? I made it to the show, and I, ma- I won when it mattered. Or does it, you know, that fight's in the past. It doesn't even really matter anymore. Yeah, I mean, I was hoping the, the kid would win so we could have that, that trilogy fight in the UFC. Um, I hope he gets another shot. He's good, man. I respect him as a fighter and a mixed martial artist. Um, as a person, I don't like him. Um, but, yeah, yeah, as a fighter, I respect him. And I hope he gets another shot and he gets in the UFC. Uh, he's good, man. He's obviously uh, skillful. But uh, I think I'm better than him everywhere, and I would love to get that one back. I uh, I love how young you got into this sport. Like it's unheard of when you hear about uh, you know fighters watching it on TV at you know such a young age. Um, I can just imagine my parents would never let me even come near uh, like watching a UFC event live. Um, how did that play a role into really like making you follow your dreams into becoming a UFC uh, fighter? Yeah. Um... Man, uh, my parents' support was, like, was a weird one. It was, like, we don't want you doing this, but we want you doing this at the same time. So that was cool. Like, I, I remember specifically like, my mom at my very first fight. It was a couple weeks after turning 16. Like, I still had braces on my face. Like, I was still looking like a kid. And we were in some, like, hillbilly bar out in, uh, in Grain Valley, Missouri called the Whiskey Tango. And I just remember my mom, like, in between rounds, I looked over, and she's covering her face, and she's, like, looking through her hands. Uh, so like, you know, they weren't happy at, at first with my, uh, with my decision, but now they're like my number one fans, man. They're, they're super supportive. Uh, they understand the sport that they, they watch every UFC car every weekend. Like, uh, just the other week, my mom was like, Oh man, that's a deep arm and guillotine. I kind of looked over at her like, dang mom, like, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. So they're like, they understand the sport and they support me a ton. And that was cool from, from a young age to, to kind of get that support from them. And, you know, uh, I kind of got to watch the sport grow from 
when I started watching it when I was 14 to, to now, it's, it's a completely different sport, and that's pretty cool. One of the things I noticed is you did get a tattoo uh, with a Colombian flag. You are a proud Colombian. Um, that being said, you fought your entire career here in, in the United States. Is it a dream of yours to maybe compete in a UFC Columbia card? Dude, that would be uh, sick, man. That's that'd be that'd be crazy. Uh, yeah, that's that's definitely uh, on the bucket list uh, to to bring the UFC to Colombia. Um, I, I think it's a goal that, that that we can't accomplish, and um, who knows? Maybe maybe, uh, maybe that's where a title fight would be in the future. Is that uh, is that something that you want to do? I heard a lot of guys talk about. You know, I want to travel with this. I want to go out and explore the world. Guys like um, Ed Herman, every fight seems to be in a different country. But then there's guys who just sort of like, you know what, I just, I don't really want to leave the, <laughs> the United States. I think Robbie Lawler has like 100 professional fights. And he's only ever fought outside of the U.S. once, and that was in Canada. So if you could, you know, project your career, where would you rather be, you know, fight in the United States or explore the world while you can? Yeah, I would love to explore the world, man. I feel like that's that's part of one of the uh, the perks of having this as a profession is getting to uh, to travel with your your friends, your, your coaches, your homies, and uh, getting to experience different cultures, uh, try different food. Obviously, it's hard doing that while you're cutting weight in a different country. But I mean, afterwards, like uh, the UFC lets you choose your return flight, so why not make it an experience? I think uh, that's part of life is getting to experience different parts of the world. And I've always thought traveling super cool. I haven't gotten to do a ton of it. I think I've only left the country twice, but it's awesome, man. I love it, and uh, I definitely want to do more of it. We, were t- we talked a little bit about your uh, Latino background. Another Latino is fighting for the light heavyweight strap, and Dominic Reyes, who arguably won against John Jones. Uh, being a John Jones fan, I thought he lost, but I think there's a lot of bias in that. Uh, he's fighting Jan Blahovich. What's your prediction for that fight? It's a good fight, man. Uh, Reyes is good, man, and I think he showed that against John, that he's definitely – you know, top three in the world. Um, uh, I'll take Reyes in that, probably uh, probably by TKO. Uh, you can't sleep on, uh, how do you say his last name? Blokovic. Uh, I butchered that. Yeah, can't sleep on him, and he's good. Uh, but I think Dom- Dominic Reyes is better everywhere. Uh, I think uh, the other guy might have better jiu-jitsu, but, uh, you know, that's just one facet of the game, and, and it's hard to get someone there. So I'll take Reyes in that fight. I'll ask you one last question, and then I'll uh, I'll let you get going. So you've got a date, November. You've got an opponent. How excited are you to get back in there? Super excited, man. I, I love this matchup. Uh, I couldn't ask for a better matchup. Uh, stylistically, it's it's perfect, and it's uh, I think the UFC matched it up for a reason. They knew it was going to be fireworks, and uh, I'm not in, I'm not in here to to get more fight of the nights. Uh, Dana told me after my fight that was fight of the night. Uh, I want this performance of the night, so uh, I'm excited to be able to go out here and show more uh, more facets of my game and just show I'm a well-rounded mixed martial artist. So for people who may not have uh, watched your Contender Series fight, what can they expect from you? What's your fight style like, and, and what can they expect in November? Yeah, my fighting style is just uh, just violent. It's uh, I'm constantly looking to to do damage and I'm trying to rearrange your face. I'm trying to move your eyebrows around. I'm trying to play Mr. Potato Head. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not one of these people that are going to take you down and just hold you down. If I take you down, I'm looking to do damage. I'm looking for you to make a mistake to either leave your neck out or, or just keep keep punching you, keep elbowing you until you give up. When people are violent, they tend to feed off the energy of the crowd. Uh, as someone who's kind of competed in an empty arena, do you notice it? at all or are you someone who just manages to drown all that out 
Yeah, it was noticeable just of how quiet it was. And there were certain circumstances going into the fight, like me not having my coaches there, that kind of made it more obvious. Um, especially in a place that's just like where you can hear a pin drop. And uh, so, yeah, it was different. But at the same time, it's a fight, you know, whether it's in an empty arena in front of Dana or in front of 10,000 people or, or in your backyard, a fight's a fight. So there was like no added pressure. It just felt like another another fist fight. All right, man, I'll give you this uh, this opportunity to kind of like plug your Instagram and your Twitter handles um, if anyone wants to follow you. Sweet. Uh, Instagram is jmolina underscore 125. Twitter's the same thing. I think Facebook is jsmolina underscore 125. And uh, yeah, that's it, man. Thank you for having me, brother. No, man, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, I've been a fan for a while. You really uh, impressed me on the Contender Series and I'm, uh, I'm rooting for you next time out. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. All right, man, all the best.